Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to episode 383 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How you going there, fellas? <laughs> How you going, fellas? I this video doing format. fucking fantastic. <laughs> oh, it's quality. <clears throat> how you how you going? How you going there, real dad? I am just fantastic, mate. Why would I be anything how but? How you feeling? What to, get to see two of my favourite human what's beings. What's this third on, episode in? Uh... Wednesday. It's your third one? I think it's your, yeah. I think it's your, I want to say it's your third one. How are you feeling about things? You are right, mate? Oh, if my team was a bit better, I'd be feeling a whole lot better. I like to... Well, I was saying to you before we... I was saying to you before we started recording that, that you know, looking at the preseason and everything, I thought, well, you know, he's coming back at a great time. Like the Tigers are... They're, they're, they're swinging back up and the pendulum sort of swung and he's coming back and he's going to be able to capitalise on the Tigers' uh, yeah, resurgent... New era of quality. Luke Brooks was in the paper. He's got no excuses. He's fucking unleashed this Training shit. the house down. Oh, it was he? Fuck. And Leilua's <laughs> lost 10 kilos. Yeah, yeah. What a Cassiano of an off-season that turned out to be, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Except instead of the Cassiano off-season where, where Big Sam used to drop like 20 kilos, fucking the Leilua's you know, combined dropped 20 balls a game. I, I feel as if the Cassiano thing... That wasn't a thing every off season though. That was a thing one off season when he got married. Oh, no, it was a couple, but the married one was the most noticeable one. That was like James Harden esque, where he was like fucking yoked for his wedding, looked like he had AIDS yeah, even. I mean, he was it. so skinny, and then he came back to the. He just needed to fit into his dress. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back. He came back from the off season. Fat kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> Too much wedding cake. Oh, I miss that guy. <laughs> That's it. I miss that guy. Um, as as uh, as previously established, the Sunday night episodes are going to be uh, recap episodes. So, without any further ado, let's get into it. Uh, Thursday night, the Parramatta Eels upset the Melbourne Storm uh, sixteen points to twelve at Bankwest. Uh, a crowd of just over ten thousand people in attendance. The Eels uh, had a double to Mike Sivo, Junior Polo also with a try, Moses two of three conversions, and the Storms 12 came through tries to Remus Smith and Justin Ollum and Pappenhausen two from two conversions. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, way to start the round, and I think the way it started is the way that that the vast majority of it ended. It, in my opinion, this whole round was much better quality wet weather football than we've been used to seeing over the last little while. And by that I mean normally when, when it starts pissing down, it's like all drop balls and fuck-ups and things are dour and, and the whole the whole thing's not as enjoyable. But the games across the round this week, and especially this one, were incredibly fucking entertaining. And the rain was an equaliser. It wasn't like it didn't matter. Uh, 
but in this one, you look at this. Parramatta completed the the first half at eighty three percent. Melbourne completed at eighty eight. Yeah, and it wasn't as if they were just taking dummy half runs or one outs to to get to that sort of statistic. There was still some very enterprising play um, within Melbourne. This is my concern about Cameron Munster. There was a, a little bit of friction between him and the Cheese throughout the game when when the Cheese wasn't giving the services he wanted it or or wasn't setting plays up as he'd called it. Uh, and and it's going to be interesting to see how that develops later in the season, especially other times when Melbourne's under the pump a little bit. You know, they're, they're a better flat track bully than anyone else in the league, and that's not a sledge on them. That's a fucking skill to have and a great attribute to have as a club. Um, but for them to not really have that steady, stable guiding hand, especially for these games in the wet, um, I think it was telling. Uh, you know, Junior Polo, again, starts his fantastic start to the season. Um, you know, dominant player. The The other thing that I think Parramatta did well is, you know, again, good examples of where we're the footy. They really let the mismatches work for them. So they focused all of their energy all night on where they had either size or speed advantages. And it paid off, especially at the end with the way Sivo ended it. That was absolutely fantastic. Well done, Para. Yeah, I agree uh, with what you said in regards to <clears throat> the the general standard of play across the weekend, given the ordinary conditions. And this game was sort of kicked the round off um, in the right fashion. They Both teams played quite expansive, expansive footy and um, it was a high-intensity game for so early in the season, which you'd expect from, from two quality sides. I think Para, they, uh, they were right up for the game and it showed from, from the opening set and they they didn't really let up and I think they they met Melbourne and Melbourne did try and get to that point as you say and try and bully themselves back into the into the contest and Paris stood up to that uh, which is a good you know a good sign for Paris as the season goes on and, and certainly into the finals where I think they'll they'll figure heavily but um, just two two points for Paris I, I agree with what you say in regards to um, Munster being far more of an erratic presence, you know, and a and lot more yeah. vocal than guys that have sort of been at the helm of Melbourne for the, for the last decade, um, which is something that the, the, the team's going to have to adjust to. He's, you know, I said the other week, he's, I, I think he's the best player in the game and, and that hasn't changed. But um, if teams are going to get under his skin and he's going to start lashing out his teammates, that's, that's going to be difficult to adjust to on the fly. Uh, but for, for Para... Um, they were great, you know, great in this game. They got their tails up and and um, come away with a victory. I'm just not the the only knock I have on Para is that is, is Brad Arthur the coach. And I know Nate, you've had plenty to say about Brad Brad Arthur over the years, but is he the coach? Good coach. If <laughs> is he the coach that you know get that out of Para consistently as as a long season wears on when they go through those tough patches of form and. Um, you know, a few injuries and stuff like that. And, and then you've got Mitch Moses as a central uh, piece in their attack. Um, and he's also a guy that can be up and down. When things aren't going his way, he's more inclined in the past to, to, to turn his toes up than he is to dig in. 
And I think that's, you know, those are going to be critical factors for Para as the season wears on. Yeah, look, if I'm the storm, I'm not taking too much out of it. I mean, the, it. I think the, the, weather, the weather was, you know, not just a massive equaliser. I think it was a massive thing uh, in the favour of how Parramatta would prefer to play the game, especially mm. a game against the storm. Yep. And, and like the stuff with the Munster and Cheese, you know, that just, that'll just wash out because at the end of the day, Cheese is not going to be the first string hooker for the side. I mean, Harry's not going to be too far away from being back in there. And it's also, there's just a, there's just a power vacuum at the moment because, I mean, the... They've done they've done well to to adjust to the generational change of the the big three or four or whatever as they've you know d- departed the club, but uh, Smith was the biggest of the ones as well you know as far as influence on the side and all that sort of thing so you know there'll be a little bit of uh, growing pains I'd expect to see some growing pains there but uh, I don't think they'd be too unhappy. I think to your point, Glenn, you're right. Munster is is a much more erratic presence. Than, than leaders of Storm of Old. But to that note, so's the cheese. Absolutely. In, yeah. In, in that, and what Melbourne have done fantastically for the last however long is be that everybody knows exactly what their job is all the time and they just go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. And there may be some, some irony in this, but I think that Munster's gotten used to being able to be a certain amount of erratic just because of the stability it's around balanced it. out, yeah. And whereas if he has more of that erraticism around because Cheese is doing this, that or the other, that means that he can't take the same chances or, or play the, to the same extent off the cuff as he was planning on. And who knows, maybe this is something that Bellamy's trying to drive into mm. him to make him more of that stabilising head. I just um, think we've seen... Yeah, but look at Harry Grant as well, though. I mean, look at the way he'll play the game. I mean, he's not—he's like he's—he's he's not like Cheese no. at all. Yeah, he's a robot. And yeah, he's—he's yeah. he's, and he's going to be the guy. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Cheese is getting out and you know signing for big cash at the Tigers Somewhere, or yeah. the Doggies or something like that. You know, in in the year to come. So, uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's versatile super sub as well. I mean, he's not just a hooker. I mean, you know, the Storm have thrown him in the back yeah. row. And I, I know, do think it is—it so. is funny. I've seen a bunch of places now that. Um, Tigers fans are saying that they need to go all out and sign cheese. <laughs> and yep. and I, I just want to know what makes them think that they're a, a positive holiday yeah, destination. What makes any Tigers fan think that, that a player like that would want to willingly sign a contract that he wasn't traded yeah. into to come and play there? It, like, Come on, guys. You got you guys both. You guys both nailed it, but you just said too many words. I mean, you should have both stopped it. What makes West Tigers fans think? Hey, <laughs> because at, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, they, they, yeah, they'll, they'll, you know, when Little's not there, but he's gonna be there. There's nothing but Little Dick in their mouths. <laughs> but now Little's there, and it doesn't taste the way they thought it would taste. That's it. Then that's it. Um, get some tweets, comments on that one at Ozuma ninety seven on Twitter said, uh, as a para fan, I'm very surprised at the performance, but also very happy. We wouldn't have won this game last year, beating a team like Melbourne so early on in the season as well shows how much we've improved. 
I remember seeing that tweet and thinking, hang on a minute, Para always do great at the start of the year. They're like the premiership favourites by June. Yeah, that's it. It's 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 maintaining that and then falling away. I mean, they don't fall they don't fall in a hole, but they sort of back off that. They usually set some very high high levels of achievement and look really good. Like, yeah, they can match the storm. Yeah, they can match East. But then mm. it gets to the finals and they just sort of meekly sort of they they slide to about fifth and then yeah. just capitulate. That's it. Uh, at Sean Divney on Twitter said, we should play all our games in ankle high water. Hashtag storm in decline. Uh, Jay Bartley 90 said, beat Melbourne at their own game. Tough grinding win in torrential rain possession and discipline was outstanding. Needed to prove we can hang with the heavyweights and that's statement number one for the year. Super proud. Sharky Day 44 <laughs> said, George Jennings has cost his family their lives. <laughs> Bellamy on the phone to his hitman as I type. Yeah, it was a, an unhappy evening for old George. Um, Phil in our Facebook group said, that die from Gutho is why he'll never be the king. Hashtag soft. Uh, Jordan said, Nate, Jay, Glenn, you're fucking top notch, but suck me from the Bay up the fucking eels. <laughs> uh, Rod said, bit of old school. Melbourne, suck a dick up till you hiccup. <laughs> Yeah, I do like that one. Hey, but listen, let's just let's just say one thing. Before you guys spoke about the game last week when we were doing the previews, you didn't look at the fucking weather bureau, did you? You didn't no. know I was going to piss down to biblical levels over the weekend. I didn't. Not at all. That shit changes. That, that changes things. That's obviously. It. I mean, if we've had a fucking crystal ball, well, and- fuck me. Have you seen what's happening in Penrith? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so I imagine it's the same thing that's happening up in my spiritual home homelands of the Hastings River District in uh, yeah with Port and. All hope and Tari. Well, tell you what, I better not see another fucking prayer circle out of those dumb cunts because this is proof they don't work. <laughs> the drugs don't work. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, maybe Hillsong will go under. That's it. Oh, Jesus out there. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Did you join? Did you join the fucking? Oh, you wouldn't have joined Hill, Hillsong up in Toowoomba. You would have joined that chick that fucking the breatharian ones at Helen, <laughs> wouldn't you? I haven't joined any you know of it. That bitch that fucking that one that had that the one that made that cult that, that Heladin where it was like they were breatharians, like they didn't have to eat or medicine or anything. They just like they just breathing, you know. Just you've breathing seen air. you've seen me eat. It was mate. like a, how am I getting into? How am I getting? It was, like that? David, it was like a David Koresh. It was like a David Koresh sort of thing, except breathing air instead of fucking kids. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> and uh, or, shooting we'll give, it, or shooting it out with the ATF. We'll give the give the last last comment on this one to. Uh, from Twitter, at Munted and Fried, said Mitchell Moses killing it for the Eels with his kicking game and composure. The Tigers could really do with a player like him. <laughs> <laughs> could they fuck? The uh, Newcastle Knights 20 defeat the Warriors 16 at Central Coast Stadium in front of a bumper crowd of just over 4,500. Uh, the Knights 20 came through tries to Jaden Braley and a double to Heimel Hunt. Mitch Barnett, three of three conversions and a penalty goal. The Warriors, 16, came through tries to Ben Murdoch, Masilla, Adam Pompey, and Ken Momalo. Two out of two conversions to Cody Nicarima, and uh, that was it. I think this was a contrasting yeah. quality of game in, in similar conditions to the Paramelbourne game. But um, the Knights... Showed again that they're a very scrappy side that'll that'll hang in there, and I think that's probably going to be the best of them, especially until Ponga returns. But um, it's it'll be a big test for them uh, in the coming weeks if they can show the same sort of resilience against the uh, the far better sides of the competition. But Warriors, 
Um, you know, they were competitive. Um, I don't think that was their best showing by any stretch of the imagination. But um, in the end, the, the Knights were close enough and, and, and a couple of plays towards the end of the game got them over the line. There's a lot of talk about... Sorry, mate. The only, uh, there's a lot of talk about Bradman Best. Um, and he's that's a fair hype train behind that. Young fella too. I know that people in Knights jerseys are generally prone to, to hype trains, but I don't know that I see it just yet. But, um, you know, he come up with a big play to, uh, to win the game for them. But I, I don't know that I'm, I'm buying into the, the, the hype to a great degree just yet. Yeah, I think the thing with Bradman Best was the body type. You know, when whenever you get somebody of his body type that comes in, he was, you know, well well developed in terms of um, how big and strong he was, and he also had the pace that comes with youth. And so, whenever you get somebody like that who comes in, there's been very little, if any, video work done on him. And if you remember when he made his debut and for the the first couple of rounds, he had some of those get the ball to him within ten meters of the try line, and he's going yeah. over. And yep. so that that happens with with that body type when when they come in. Um, looking at the game, one thing that really stood out to me was was RTS and the effort he puts in. You can still see that that old club of his coming through in just the way he approaches the game and and the way he approaches the players. And I just thought how how unfortunate he is. To have ended up on a team where he's busting his ass every play of every single game, and he's probably getting it, you know, sixty percent of the time combined from the rest of his teammates. Yeah. And just imagining him back on a club where he wasn't the overwhelmingly, you know, um, most effortful player. Yeah. But it was just in line with what yeah. what the rest of the club doing that. Um, I think Nicarima's starting to be better in terms of controlling his game. There were patches in this one where he actually looked like, okay, he's, he's the half that's going to get them, boot them into the corner, lead the kick chase down there. Just he's never going to be a game breaker, but, but just to do all of those little things right that can make things easier for the rest of his team. Um, but then just too often he took the wrong option. So uh, on the other note, I thought Pierce was exactly that. In turn, and you know, I'm I'm by no means a Mitchell Pierce fan. Um, fuck me, that that cunt has caused me more pain than my hemorrhoids <laughs> over the course of my life. But for for him to be able to get out there and in against a team who who really can ambush almost anyone in the competition, to just put the team where they need to be, especially where they were starting sets for the majority of this game, just puts the Knights in a much better position to win than the Warriors. Yeah. And just the the age-old tale of Mitchell Pearce as well. I mean, if he could do that over the course of an entire fucking season, Mm. and, you know, if, if, if so demanded representative football... No one would no one would have shit to say. I mean, it's just this is literally the fact that he can he can control games like he showed this time. Yep. But he can also do absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, more often than not, when it's you know when there's a, a bit more pressure applied, uh, hit some tweets. At the former ninety six said Bradman best is a beast. Fucking choo choo, all aboard, cunt. Uh, Knights held onto the ball. <laughs> that last who he goes try for. got the blood flowing. Unreal. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. At Warriors Suck Balls said, Warriors too predictable with one out running off their line, had their chances, but Knights were better on the night. Uh, Michael in our Facebook group said, good to see Peter Hiku is still the same turnstile he always has been, unfortunately let in the, uh, the one right at the end. Uh, Isaac said, the Knights just have to bag these early games versus bottom eight sides, then lift when we get back to full strength to take on the top eight. I don't know. I reckon Tex Hoy is your fucking key to a premiership. Um, yeah. If I'm a Knights fan, like, what, what's the difference in salary between Tex Hoy and Caleb? A Hall? lot. A million dollars a season. <laughs> a million a season, probably. And honestly, ask yourselves, Knights fans, is there that much extra value in Ponga? Don't look, you can't. They can't. They can't be honest with themselves. So you, <laughs> yeah, you're no, not going to get it. You know, they they don't have the they they don't have the facilities. To, I don't to, think to you have the facilities them. for that big man. <laughs> exactly. Think about the jersey sales, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, James said that blocker Roach has been hit in the head too many times. He spent the whole game on commentary calling players the wrong names. He's full on fucking artarded. I'll tell you, now, before I forget about that, was today's game. With the Tigers, <laughs> when Kiri yeah. fucking set up that Got try down the right hand side with the little with the with the little flick pass to to Bmoz, yeah, he uh, who was that? They calling was it Brandy? Calling fucking Luke yeah. Brooks, and he was doing the and I was like, my God, that is like the most insulting misnaming I've ever heard in my fucking life. And sorry to bring it up early, but I mean, it was just matched perfectly to that point. But, and, and again, I wouldn't normally throw a game tweet about a commentator in there. Yeah. But this was the most I've ever had in a game. I reckon there were a dozen comments mm-hmm. thrown at us about how fucked up Blocker was. Uh, Joel, we'll finish off with six restarts to zero. Still win. According to certain Bulldogs fans last week, that is meant to mean the ref is cheating against you. <laughs> Fucking Doggies fans. And 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 uh, we'll get to the Doggies game shortly. And let me tell you, the Doggies, I, I already know there's a shitstorm of social media that you've got to fucking see with that one. Uh, the Titans 28 defeat Little Brother 16 uh, at, um, at Hope Solo, a crowd reportedly of uh, 17,822. And I did see they had that... Uh, the Southern Stand opened up for the first time in fucking ages. I mean, like, I think the last three or four times I've been down there, it's been closed, um, which used to be, like, the away supporters end. But they actually had to let some people in there, such was the, the magnitude of the crowd getting all aboard. Uh, the Titans 28 came through tries to Jared Wallace, a double to David Fafita, Aaron Clark, and uh, Jamin Jolliffe also tries uh, four of five conversions for Fogarty. Broncos 16 tries to New Coates and Tavita Pangai Jr. Osako, two of three conversions. I think for... What a first half by the Gold Coast. <clears throat> Massive. I think Fafida obviously is going to get a huge amount of raps and deservedly so. And and Big Tino as well, they're the, the, the big signings. And I think the way Tino took on young Ricky, who's obviously the the guy, the heir apparent to David Fafida's efforts at the Broncos now. And Tino came out well on top. But... Um, Ash Taylor's defence in this game, that's that's the best I've ever seen him actually engage defensively. Um, they obviously targeted him uh, quite heavily and ran a lot of big guys at him, and he stood up every time. He, there was actually at least two occasions that he actually jolted the ball free due to the, the force of his tackle. So um, he... He cops his share of flack and deservedly so. I think he can slip in and out of games, but he certainly stood up defensively 
uh, in this contest. The, the period of, of the game, 10 minutes before half time, the Titans scored three of the softest tries you will see in quick succession. It was, was a key indicator of where the Broncos are as a club at the moment. There was, mm. there was just no sign of any effort or guys playing for one another in the middle. You know, these... And and it's it was it's got to be disappointing for for their fans and, and I'm sure for Kevin Walters, but just to see guys just spinning out of tackles and and really putting next to no effort into to to putting four points on the board and the Broncos, you know, you probably give them a pass for one, a bit of a lapse in concentration. But it was three quick fire tries of of horrible defence. That's a, that's a worrying sign in, in round two. So um, the last point I, I wanted to make was in regards to P- Pangai Jr. Um, you know, there's been some uh, a fair bit of chat about him being, you know, the only one that, that tried for the Broncos. But I watched that game as, as closely as anyone. And, you know, he was not really figuring in the opening exchanges when the tough stuff was was really kicking off and he didn't really show up in any any great capacity until well after the fight was over um towards the end of the game there was a fair bit of aggression um and throwing guys around i, I just you know if the broncos are going to do <clears throat> um do anything in games he needs to you know if every minute that guy's on the field that the other players are looking to him to lead and and show that aggression in the pack and he's got to do more than that I think you raise a very good point. It's been an issue for the clubs that are down the bottom of the ladder, you know, well, forever really. But, but that ability to float so severely in and out of games, and to do it for long enough to have multiple tries mm. laid on them, is an absolute fucking cancer within a team. And it was a problem that the Broncos had last year for large parts of the year as well. Like, how many times did the Broncos come out? with a serviceable first half, even be up most of the time or well within sniffing distance. And then it was a 10-minute, 15-minute period just after half time, And then yep. all of a sudden, they're 18 mm. down. Yep. You know, 18 down, things are fucked. Then the floodgates open. Like, even those teams that put the big 50s, 60s on them, it didn't start off like that in mm. that contest. And, you know... To the Titans' credit, they were probably the most underwhelming team of the round in round one, given what we expected of them for for the moves sure. they made, for the new cattle they had, matched with how they finished last year. So they, they were probably the, the most disappointing team at round one. Uh, but they came out and really looked a far more disciplined side. They looked like the side that had far more focus in them. And, you know, you mentioned Ash Taylor's defense. That's um, fucking Jorge Brampton. I thought that was the most dominant defensive display I've seen by a fullback uh, in, in a good long while. In a good long while. That was absolutely, you know, I say that just, but as I say it, I think of what RTS did to them <laughs> the week before. But um, no, still, fucking well done, Jorge. Hit me with some tweets. 
uh, at Devonhead said the best thing about the 2021 season is that the 2020 <laughs> Brisbane Broncos have come along for it. <laughs> uh, Fat Harry Lazy said Broncos defense is softer than a bourbon oh, turd. Oh, that made me laugh out loud. That was that brought back some painful memories. <laughs> The soft ones shouldn't <laughs> hurt, dude. <laughs> there are bigger problems if, if it's the soft ones that hurt. <laughs> uh, Toto TV said, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. If Melbourne lets a play go without a fight, he isn't worth it. Hashtag Fraudy Croft. This, this was interesting. and He didn't tweet it at us, but our dear friend, Mr. Wars... <laughs> over fucking flogging the Brisbane Broncos of sportswear apparel brands <laughs> um, in China. Halfway through, he's got his dick out tweeting about fucking Brody Croft masterclasses. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, um, But yes. why is it halfway? Why halfway through? Because the Broncos didn't actually come on in his game until the end. Yes. Until it was kind of run. Brody Croft is officially the ultra boost of NRL players. That's what he is now and forever. Thank you. That is a perfect he's, analogy. He's the, he's the, he's the, he's the Yeezy crop. You just look at it. You just look at it. And it's what the fuck is that for? Oh, who came up with that? <laughs> Well, you know, Kanye, obviously. (laughs) Kanye Croft. Which personality I don't know, but. Tell you what, I told you one thing. Probably proof that the fumes from whatever they injected into Kim K's ass are fucking toxic. (laughs) That cunt's fucking daydreaming. Um, Egg Council Creeper said, that's it. Brisbane are officially the baby brother of Queensland Rugby League. And God damn, does it feel good. Oof. Uh, Daniel in the Facebook group said, Asiata is Brent Tate 2.0. Fuck me, the Broncos are pussies. <laughs> uh, Chewy said, I feel like your bowler would be more enjoyable than watching this game. That's a tweet that can be recycled for the last fucking season and a bit. That's it. From eh? a Broncos fan perspective. That's it. Uh, Hammers in the Facebook group said, say what you want about our recruitment, but securing the Broncos as our feeder club is really starting to pay dividends. <laughs> Quality. Uh, Kevin said, what dirt does Milf have that keeps him in the six? He's just not a 5'8". Well, yeah, there's um, a whole bunch the of older, people see that. The old goat pictures, but as we used to say about dude, fucking Luke Williamson with Des Hasler. <laughs> If we don't shut the fuck up about it, eventually Kevy will cotton on and move him. So let's fucking yeah, shh on all of this stuff. Uh, Jason, so they can't blame Darius and Seabold this year. No, they fucking can't. You see Kevy Wilders uh, in the in the press conference trying to crack a joke and the media jumped all over it like he wasn't, you know, he didn't even notice that Fafita was out there and I was like, fuck, but the guy was clearly joking, you fuckwits. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Problem is they can just take his words on a page. Yeah, of course, yeah. Without context and just make them be whatever. But I mean, yeah, I don't want to defend the Kevolution. I mean, well, I do. I want him there for a fucking long time to <laughs> that's come. That's it. 
It's clearly it, it's the clearly interesting not point working. you raise. Is that because have they got microphones in press conferences yet? Well, they don't. They don't. They've got the they've got the like the desk ones and like the overall. They don't have like one pass to the individual reporter before they ask the question. So yeah, the, sorry. What what I should be answering there is watching an NRL press conference is still absolutely fucking useless mm. because mm. you can't hear what the question yeah. is. Yes, you just hear some answer. Yeah, yeah. Which it's is really why, straining to. Which is why nobody actually watches the press conferences. Yeah. Which is why grub cunt journo's thieving a fucking living. <laughs> can just write whatever they want and because no one's actually seen the source material no one calls bullshit and if Kevin Walters is, it, is providing the answers do does it really matter what the question is yeah, that's such a good point fuck yeah let's move on Right, the uh, Penny Panthers 28 defeated the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs 0 at Bankwest in front of a crowd of a tick over 5,000. And uh, the Panthers a double to kick out. Uh, Tyrone May and a double to Paul Momorowski. Uh, two conversions from three to Cleary and uh, two from two for Crichton. Uh, doggies, zero. Fucking Momorowski. How, who let him go? <laughs> this is the theme. Thank Look. You. To be to be a neutral observer here between the two of you, I feel that both sides have benefited. It's it's one of those rare situations in life where both sides of a deal worked out well for the teams that engaged in the deal. I mean, like you know, we'll get to the Tigers, but I mean, Laurie's clearly the best player they have on the field this year. Yeah, and well, see, so working out for you. So I mean, everyone's it, happy. Well, essentially, I've suspected it, but here are the signs that you're obviously a fucking cold, non-empathetic being. I'm not going to go so far as to call yourself a psychopath. Is this a shock? Is this to anyone? However, how do you say that the deal's worked out well for Penrith? You just need the fucking Momorowski got two tries for your ass. Like, if if a fucking person came to you and said, well, my references include they based a lot of the characters in Liam Neeson's Taken on me and my business... (laughs) Are you handing over your niece for summer vacation? Because <laughs> essentially that's what we've done with Dane Laurie. <laughs> He's been absolutely fucked. Um, but you have to remember as well that Momorowski never got any of that Tiger's DNA because they no sooner had him than they shipped him off down to fucking Melbourne. Yeah, correct. So so there's, you so know. essentially what Wests have done for us is gone, we're going to give you a little bit of the storm system experience <laughs> free of charge. <laughs> Anyway, back to the game at hand. I think it's clear that the best sides dispose of the pub sides easily, and and Penrith certainly did that. I, from and I, I know you'll go into into far more depth, Jay. But the best part of Penrith's performance for me was the fact that they they had plenty in reserve to to completely obliterate the Bulldogs yeah. should they have desired. But they only really needed to bring the Datsun out of the garage to get where they needed to go. The Ferrari can be kept under the covers until it's needed and. That's a, all jokes aside, it's a huge sign of maturity and experience gained um, last year for such a young roster. It's, it's quite an impressive, um, you know, to see young guys like that be able to manage and not overplay their hand. Yeah, that that's it. And and that almost mirrors what, what I was going to say, that I'm, I'm sure that there were some flashier points and there were some different plays here. But I do like, and this might just be the fucking old man in me, I do like this style of football that Penrith seem to be playing where 
they're 100% at peace just controlling the ball and being the team. And people are going to write fucking stories about it, like, oh, this many tackles in the opposition's 20 for this sort of conversion rate and this isn't good and da-da-da-da-da. But if you're controlling the ball for enough of the game that you're starving them of any actual attacking opportunities, then, then you don't need one try every three sets. You know, don't get me wrong, that'd be absolutely fucking lovely and I'd love to go out there and put 50 on people every week. But attacking opportunities don't always come and attacking opportunities don't always come after each other quickly. So I think getting this team used to the fact that, okay, sometimes we're going to need to get into a bit of a grind and really just knuckle down and do the simple things well, that's very pleasing for me. This was a very good example, again, of wet weather footy. Cleary is maturing as a game controller and also maturing as somebody who seems comfortable to let Luai out there and have his fun. Like, it doesn't seem to cramp Cleary's style a lot that, that Luai's going to get out there and do that sort of Preston Campbelly sort of stuff. Um, and fuck me, didn't, didn't he just... Just do that. Yeah, I was saying last year. I mean, he's like, he was the he was the one that enabled Cleary to fucking to shine. You know, to to yeah. to to, 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 be a, to get the the plaudits of being a good player. I mean, and and in Origin, he couldn't he couldn't come close to replicating it because he didn't have his fucking man with him, who's who you know who's like you know half of him. Well, yeah. Let's not get into the bias of New South Wales Origin selectors, um, but for. For Penrith to go out there and, and start to utilise both sides of the field as well, I think that's fantastic. Like, there's obviously so much effort and focus is going to be given to their left-hand side in attack. Like, when, when you've got um, Luai running next to Kikau, then there's Crichton, then there's Toho now out on the wing on that side, mm. um, that that's going to gain a lot of focus and teams going to be doing so much fucking work on that that it actually, in this game, was a good example. And I know the Dogs only got a brilliant attacking coach. They didn't get Penrith's defence coach. Oh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> talk about, I'll, I'll talk about that too. But, That's one of the pleasing things. Yeah. Um, but the fact that there's so much focus given to the left-hand side really opened up some opportunities for the right. Yep. Um, and, and all in all, just a nice, calm, controlled game. For the Dogs... How fucking obvious is it that they've got a bunch of ex-Panthers out there that want to come out all fucking swinging arms and big dicks? You made your fucking bed, cunts. Lie in it. You fucking signed with almost the worst of the worst that the league's ever seen in its entire fucking history. Don't come out and try and be fucking fake tough cunts. Swinging arms and fucking trying to de-chin champions. Can't be done. (laughs) Fuck it, I'll tell you, um, the 2021, if nothing else happens in 2021 other than the, the utter exposition of, of Trent Barrett to the point where even his mates in the media abandon all fucking protection that they put on him, it'll be a good year. I, he, he's the, the architect of Penrith's attack and can generate none from his own side that he has this year. Yeah. But the defensive part's the most pleasing because the Bulldogs have one of the most puzzling fucking defensive structures I've ever seen in recent history. Mm. It's not that their defense is just bad. It's purposefully bad. Like we saw in week one with um, Barnett 
running a train on them. Yep. This week, kick out, run a train on exactly the same way because you know you usually you have your defense and you know, you've got your, like your your halves, and then outside your halves you've kind of got like your, you you've got your, your back rows and your your halves, and then you've got like your your centers and wingers, and they're sort of behind the half, right? Mm-hmm. But for some reason, the doggies, the centers, and wingers shoot up, yeah, past the halves, and so then it becomes a matter of your barnets and your kick outs, one on one. On an angle with the half, with a half who's someone yeah. who's someone who who's someone who they are they are purpose built to trample, and because the center and the winger are up, there's no one back there to, and then so they go in behind them and they just and, and like that's how Kickout scored his tries. His uh, first try in particular was a golden example of this, and just and like that's like they're coached to do that, and I fucking it's it's, it's mystifying. Like they're doing it all the time. They're not doing it because they're like because yeah. they're shot to pieces or anything. They're doing it as like the thing that they've that's built. what they're trained to do. So, yeah. Question yeah. is why it's, fucking, it's baffling. It's mm. it's baffling, but you know, to doggies. So I mean, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Tweets. Uh, Rishi in our Facebook group said, "I hope the dogs appreciate the part they've played in a little bit of history today." So the fucking Panthers busting all sorts of records. They're the only team in history to start games with two clean sheets in a row. Um, they what is it now? There's they're heading for the record of the most number of regular season wins, um, the most number of games scoring eighteen points or more. There's a, and look, don't get me wrong. A lot of these fucking records are arbitrary ones that you sort of pick anything and you can have a record for it. Uh, but yeah, there's there's some fucking newspaper articles about to be written in a couple of weeks' time when, when they break all of these. But uh, Terry said, does it count as a trade when Napa plays so shit that he might as well have been a Panther today? Mm. He wasn't good at all, was he? Uh, Shanta said, Paul Momorowski, a Panther, as part of an equitable trade with the Tigers, scores a double for the Panthers against the Dogs. There's something ironic about that in an Alanis Morissette way. <laughs> <laughs> I love Shanta more um, than I love most humans. He can get fuck himself. Yes, I've had I've had a gut full of his who, bullshit. Who would be pleased to know um, is safe from the disaster that Penrith prayer circles failed to prevent. So, if with combined, don't don't forget they've got the combined power of the Parramatta prayer circles as well. That's it. To be fair, if if Falco is uh, is flooded, then we're all fucked. Yeah, but uh, yeah. it, um, you know, the sequel to Noah's Ark, <laughs> Shanta's Ark 2, Electric Boogaloo, <laughs> is going to be fucking amazing. Uh, Ryan Seagull said, Panthers showed remarkable restraint. They could have run a train on the dogs. They resisted the urge to let loose and concentrated on perfect wet weather footy. They did. Um, our mate GT351 underscore Johns. <laughs> Said that's about the score I expected to lose by. But the Panthers need to get better. They beat a toothless, clueless dogs. They won't beat the Storms on this effort, though. We were shit. I doubt other team will be as dumb as us. Well, I doubt other tweeters will be as dumb as you. But I mean, but that, to be fair, that's like very similar to like uh, you know, like Gus Gould the way he drops the S's off. Yeah, I know. Things clearly. on purpose to troll people. And, and we'll give. The last one in this to uh, look. Forgive me if I haven't seen you before, but a new tweet of the show at Has a Has on Twitter. The fucking good old nineteen nineties Panthers logo is his Abbey. How good! Said uh, the Bulldogs clearly 
been dreaming all week that uh, Panthers is love. Panthers is life. <laughs> I'm not watching that, you fuckers. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag YOCV2. <sighs> We're good. Yeah, that's not happening. We're fucking into it. That's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Next, where are we? Oh, the Mighty Manly Seagulls, 12, defeated the South City Rabbitohs, 26, at Brookie. Uh, <laughs> Manly's 12, go through tries to Lachlan Croker and Marty Tapao. Uh, Garrick, two of two conversions. Uh, Rabbits, 26, came through tries to Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds, uh, Latrell Mitchell, Damian Cook, and Alex Johnson. Uh, Adam Reynolds with one of three, and Mitchell hit two of two conversions. And that's the scoring. Look, I think, yeah, effort-wise... From players who were brought into the side either through injury or whatever this week was uh, was much better. However, the the stars or the people who you would expect the uh, you know you'd, you'd expect were just fucking not good at all. So, for, so, for example, do you mean the highest paid player in the league? Well, yes, yeah, um, among okay. among among others, but um, like the, it just it just it gives you a lot of it gives you a lot of questions. I mean, like with Daly, I mean it's clear that he's obviously feeling the, 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 the heft of a fucking, the burden of, of, of a fucking shit side and, you know, making those mistakes through just trying to, trying to do it all because he's not getting help from any cunt around him, uh, which is, you know, the job of, you know, your, your forens and he doesn't have a hooker or a fullback to lean on neither. But um, just like so many questions I have after this game, like, like Dylan Walker, we have a lot of popos that listen to the show. And we got we actually like to be honest, we have popos listening to the show that are fucking stationed at like fucking Narrabeen and shit. How is it that you can't can't keep that cunt in jail? <laughs> That's first question. <laughs> because let me tell you, the, the biggest factors in this game, <laughs> Daly was shit. But the biggest factors in this game were Dylan Walker's existence and fucking lucky bounces. <laughs> That's they're they're the they're the two outcomes, and Dylan Walker being the biggest of the of the the two the two things that fucking put him out of this that that basically yeah cost them the game. Uh, I'm glad there were some fortunate things that happened through injury that you know actually revealed positive sides. Like with Curtis Sirenen injured, it was fantastic to see Moses Suli and fucking Jason Saab actually see some ball because they haven't actually seen like Saab. I think he saw the ball for the first time in his his manly career in this game. Because uh, you know, Siren at all obviously catches the ball on the right there, and then steps back in and takes the tackle. He never actually passes it out to them. Um, so it was great to see those guys run with some ball. And, um, it was great to see some of the young forwards step up. Uh, Garlic Sauce, he finally he played okay in the minutes that he had. Jakey, he was fucking great. I mean, actually playing, you know, being a forward and not having to be like a link man. And so you know, he was up over 150 meters, which was great to see. Um, but just all in all. Well, they hit more injuries. Cuss comes on, lays on a try, like, you know, in the first two minutes he's on the field and then he gets fucking, I can't remember what happened to him. He got knocked out or, you know, crippled or something. <laughs> but um, so hopefully he'll be back next week. <laughs> and Lachlan Croker, I tell you, I have never, like, not even the final try scored in the 1997 grand final sickened me as much as it sickened me to see Lachlan Croker score a try in this game, because I just know that that cements his five year deal. That's a five deal <laughs> for another five for another five years. So um... just on Walker, you, you <clears throat> take you know the fact that he's not a particularly uh, favoured human being, but surely Manly would be better off 
I'm assuming Walker's in the side because of attacking ability or perceived attacking ability or historic evidence of showing that he can be an adequate attacking who player, right? Fucking no. But surely, well, no, who knows? The, the mistakes that he made. Surely, you'd be better off yes. having someone that isn't going to get in the side based on perceived attacking ability from five or six years ago. And someone that's just going to catch the ball and be steady and and run the ball back. Someone like a you know like a Parker or a Garrick or or whatever. Well, no, someone no. Well, no, neither of those. They're both fucking shit yeah, So is Walker. Like, someone, someone like a t- <laughs> someone like some someone like a Tavita Funa who was the deputised fullback for probably eight games last season, and he started off pretty shaky. But then by the end of those eight games, you can see he actually had learned the role. And he would attack the ball, you know. He'd, he'd attack high balls. He was safe, and he wasn't spectacular, but he was he was what you wanted mm. a backup fullback. He was like he was fucking safe. Um, like no one's going to be able to do the shit that fucking Turbo does. But that's okay. You just need someone who can take a high ball, pick up a grubber, shepherd a ball over the fucking over the dead ball line when oh. needed, and run the ball back off a fucking. That's, you know, it's not fucking rocket science. I'll tell you what, but, the sad um, thing is at the moment. More accurate to say that Turbo can't do the things that we're fullback being play a fucking game. But this is this is the thing. Alex McKinnon could do the things that Walker doesn't fullback at the moment. Like honestly, Alex McKinnon oh, can on. fucking you can put no, put it you're, put you're Alex McKinnon wrong. under put Dylan him under Walker a bomb. Can't garner any sympathy. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, you could you could fucking you could you could wheel Alex McKinnon under a bomb and just fucking boot it, and he could it bounce off his chest the same as it bounce off Dylan Walker's chest. And I, I mean, don't think I don't think it's guilt that Dylan Walker uses to make his missus <laughs> stay with him. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was a fucking video show right now because it's just oh. looking at Glenn's face is fucking hilarious. <laughs> Welcome to the fucking 2021 This Week in League, bitch. <laughs> this is how we do on this side. <laughs> this is going to taste you getting used to, i got to tell you. Tell you what, you, now you know exactly how Dane Laurie felt after his first training session. <laughs> in contrast to the Broncos who turned their toes up. Oh, fuck, I'm reeling from that. Yes, so... <laughs> The Broncos, when things got tough, they turned their toes up and fell over. I thought Manly, Skeletons. <laughs> Manly really uh, dug in during the second half and they were close enough, only unfortunately to be let down by a couple of pieces of poor execution and a couple of errors and, and the Rabbitohs were good enough with a t- couple of touches of class to, to close out the game. But um, there's still, you know, Manly still did some Manly things and, and, and sort of muscled up and, and dug in, but... They just they just lack they just lack a, a bit of polish in in key areas obviously due to injury and people being fringe first graders <laughs> fringe it's fucking generous <laughs> it's, it's what I do <laughs> uh, Daniel Connors in our Facebook group had to say uh, DCE dumb cunt energy. <laughs> Can we put that as a shirt? <laughs> Surely that's better than some. <laughs> example you showed me before the uh, show would be a fucking example of that. That's it. Uh, Ryan said, can we castrate fuckwits who gronk out during minute silence? Unbelievable. Oh, it's only oh, one minute for heading. crying out loud. It does my heading. And what made it even fucking worse was it wasn't, 
it wasn't like one of those general rugby league ones where we lost, you know, a great a player great enough that all clubs did the minute signs. Blah, 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 blah. It was somebody who was especially important to the man yeah, the club. Course. Exactly. And all you heard during this fucking silence was, let's go, man. <laughs> Did you hear at the start? There was a couple of kids. Like, they must have been like pretty close to a microphone. There was a couple of kids going nuts. I I whack Leo just because I felt bad for those parents. I was like trying to trying to herd cats. Just shut up, you little cats! Oh god. Uh, Leo's like, what are you hitting me for, that? Said, <laughs> I'm hoping it'll travel through yeah. the fucking. Kid time continuum. Yeah. <laughs> Whack that kid. Um, Kevin said, name a more iconic duo than Brookvale and a blown out knee. Mm, there you go. Um, another, oh, again, forgive me if I haven't seen you before, but uh, at Swamp Duck 04. That's the new Beagles, to me, I think. The Beagles have joined the Broncos, Dogs, Cowboys, and Dragons in the Spoon Cup. Hashtag fuck manly. Hashtag bring back the bears. There we go. Keep tweeting, sir. Hey, did you see through the week there was an article about like um the the, the bears like they had like half of their fucking board and everything were all resigning in disgust and there's these massive ructions and shit like that. Um, and it's like the the majority of their board are having a war with a couple of other members and they're just basically fuck it, screw this, I'm going home and uh, and and resigning. So. Nice. Um, Stay dead, bears. Stay fucking dead. Don't don't make me send the fucking manly boys around to kill you cunts again. What have they got to fight about? Close. Oh, I continue. That's 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 yeah, pretty exactly. F- what the? That's what do pretty they fucking sad it? now that that manly's only real relevance is having a fucking non-existent beef with a non-existent <laughs> club. There's no, there, 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 is, there is no there is no beef. I mean, like you've got this beef with Justin Pascoe. There's no bit, but you, if yeah, you'd actually fucking kill Justin Pascoe if you wanted to end the beef. I mean, we killed the Bears. There is no beef. I mean, they're just fucking wallowing down there in the fucking lower lower divisions, doing nothing for nobody. <laughs> I mean, get, get I mean, if you if your beef is for real, fucking kill him or get him get him arrested or fucking get him struck get him struck off. I would never ever think of doing anything like that. Especially to ASIO, who is fucking listening to us. Say, you just made a point of saying there's numerous police officers listening to this show, and now you're encouraging people to kill others. See, that's hey, it, Dave. Like, that, I, I, I like, I like it. Our, our this week in Popo friends, and I'm, I am sure that they would falsify <laughs> the evidence that's required. Bullshit! Fucking bullshit! You know all those cunts would do. They would somehow find an excuse that's good enough to look up my file in the system without getting in trouble and then add Andy had a Mars bar up his ass to the bottom of it. And and then and then I would then I would submit a freedom of information request for that fucking autopsy report and frame it and, and have it on my wall. Or or release it as a limited print. <laughs> Trust Us 22 shirt's going to be awesome. <laughs> um, our mate Switzer Ben, B.43, said if Damien Cook had cost Dylan Wartner a Fortnite VR, I bet he would have caught him. <laughs> yep. And uh, we'll give the last word on this one to James in our Facebook group who said these days, DCE's head and neck look less like a giraffe and more like a motherfucking spoon. Like he's evolving into his final form and shit. <laughs> uh, 
Poor Daly. The St. George Illawarra Dragons, 25, defeated the North Queensland Cowboys, 18, uh, up there at the Avatar in front of a crowd of just over 15,000. The Dragons, 25, came through tries. The Rabalawa, Lomax, Josh Kerr, and Ben Hunt. Uh, Lomax, 4 of 4 conversions. Corey Norman with a field goal. The Cowboys, 18, tries to Hess, Holmes, and Granville. Uh, Valentine Holmes, 3 of 3 conversions. I was very happy for Dragons, and, and especially a lot of the Dragons fans I know, a lot of whom aren't cunts. Um, Name them. Name this one. Shouldn't, this shouldn't take long. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I don't think Devin had to oh, Fucking no, no, what? That was your opportunity to go, oh, that fuckhead. Yes. If this was Beach You're just calling him a cunt. Now be lying face down in the sand. <laughs> Um, Learn your fucking catchphrases again, will you? Jesus exactly. Christ. <laughs> you fuckheads. <It's> like, <laughs> there you go, there you're like, getting it. It's like all of a sudden if they started making Simpsons episodes again, Bart comes out and says, you know, oh, take a chill pill. Like, no, man, it's not it. Um, but the, the form that, that their halves showed especially and maybe I'm just conditioned into thinking this because you see so many acts from players that that just reassure you every single fucking year that there are some who are the biggest fucking little prima donnas that you've ever encountered. Uh, but both of their halves have stood up and given performances while, well, you know, it's not all of a sudden going to put them in finals contention or even in the conversation. Um, the, the way they played the game was much better than anything they've doled out, and I want to say the last 18 months. You know, I thought Ben Hunt looked as if he had more time with the football and also more faith in who was around him and what they were going to be doing. Now, granted, Ben Hunt hasn't spent a lot of time in the halves, given where he's been playing most of his football for the Dragons. But, yeah, for example, the, the pass he threw to, to Ravalawa to, to go in, in that, that was a magnificent play where Hunt knew exactly where his inside men were exactly who was outside him and exactly how fast they'd be to get to the ball like it was absolutely fucking textbook and Rabalawa did his part as well um, you know getting there on time and, and finishing beautifully well this but- is the thing though this, this is the thing and like even Dragons fans might not want to hear this but Andrew McCulloch's service yeah. is the fucking missing is the, is the missing link I mean people people decry hook for uh, you know, picking guys that he's coached and, you know, guys he knows and, you know, oh, yeah, the Broncos, yeah. you know, he picks up the Broncos, yeah. old boys or whatever. But it, that's actually, I mean, he's not setting the, he's not going to set the world on fire. That's it. But and- he's just providing stable fucking good service that Ben Hunt knows what he's getting. Yeah. And and here's the thing. We are creatures of habit. And people people often don't, don't A, want to admit this about themselves, but everybody's a creature of habit. And if you really think about it and you're really honest with yourself, there, there are even little things like when you're around your parents, parts of your personality will switch and change to be a way that, that they only are around your parents or conversely around your brothers or sisters or, or whatever they may that be based on the relationship you've had with them over an extended period of time. So it's completely plausible that Ben Hunt is in a far different frame of mind about his football mm. being in an environment again with a coach who was pre everything about his footballing life started to unravel. Yep. 
you know, and whether you want to say the catalyst for that was the 2015 grand final or whether you want to say that was the massive money he was on when the Dragons bought him, which wasn't his fault. Uh, but he he looked and played like a, a much different Ben Hunt. And again, Corey Norman, to his credit, really was where he needed to be. He looked switched on to the game. Uh, for the cows, fucking sucks to lose JT, you know, in, in any situation. Um, but they didn't really have anyone that wanted to step up and take the boots. Like mm. normally, especially if you have a big name forward go down, somebody gets up and they go, well, righty, I might not do it as well, but I'm going to fucking carry the torch while he's not yeah. here. And I just feel they lack that sting up front. Uh, and unfortunately for them, I think now every single fucking coach in the NRL, when they play the Cowboys, their entire game plan is just going to be bomb Valentine Holmes. Get mm. close and fucking put him in the air on his wing and it will lead to fucking points. Because fuck me, for a guy who played positions where catching high balls was so fucking key. Fuck, he wanted no part of that yep. on the weekend. I thought was I thought Valentine Holmes was probably... I think they're looking to him to provide, albeit from the wing these days, but the, the club's looking to him, given his profile and his experience in the game, to, to provide this, this real leadership presence. And I don't know that that's the type of player he is. And I think it's probably got him a little bit rattled. Yeah. Um, just this game probably struck me as both teams put in some good passages of play, um, certainly in the first half, to, to be let down again by sort of crit- critical errors. But the, the game really started to to turn in the, in the Dragons' favour when Ben Hunt's running game really started to come to the fore. And you could just see him grow in confidence the more success that he had with it. Um, and... That was basically the, the difference between the two sides. He uh, It's the best I've seen him play for a considerable amount of time. And, and I take your point, you, you know, the comfort zone that he was in. He is a guy that um, historically, you know, can be rattled. But when he's uh, when he's comfortable and, and um, you know, like, like you mentioned, like most people, when he's comfortable and, and um, he feels like he's calling the shots and, and his confidence is up, he's... He's still every bit the player that he was, um, you know, in his best days at the Broncos. And the Dragons are, um, you know, if he continues to play like that, the Dragons are going to be a far better side than what I had him pegged for. Yep. Hit some tweets. Ben, in our Facebook group, said, Dragons are pegging the Cowboys with a 12-inch strap-on frozen Mars bar. Tonight, Dragons fans, wear your Mars bars on the outside. <laughs> uh, Conan, after he asked what is best in life, said they should let the players smoke crack before every game. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, uh, Aussie Lando said, I was pleasantly surprised by the way the boys were putting in for one another in defence. Ben Hunt had a blinder. Smooth Corey's field goal made me want to stop watching career. Stop wanting a career-ending injury and medical retirement for him. A better team might has might have got us, but at least it was improvement, and it looks like something to build on. Wyannis gets to keep its regular shape for a week, and two points is probably enough to dodge the wooden spoon. The at Geo said, "Remove the Mars bar of shame. Brackets keep handy. Insert the Snickers bar of victory." <laughs> Hashtag Go Saints. 
My question is, Geo, why? What is it about the Snickers? It, it's the same shape well, as a Mars bar. It's the Reed. nuts. Yeah, give them the nuts. <laughs> yeah, but but it's only got like like sporadic fucking bumps on the top. It it'd be like a fucking like warty, weird fucking misproduced dildo. Look. What, what, well, don't, why don't, don't kink why shame people. Some, well, why not go something like a? If you want ribbed, go a Toblerone or a fucking. If it's the the chaos you want, go a Chiquito. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like a Toblerone to call a Toblerone ribbed. I mean, just like fucking, you may as well use a bread knife. I mean, <laughs> I feel like less of a person because we're having this conversation. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll give the last say on this one to uh, Alistair who said if Hook keeps getting this defence out of the boys I'll join One Nation (laughs) (laughs) and with that brings us to today's matches uh, kicked off by the uh, Sydney Roosters 40 defeating the West Tigers 6 out there at Campbelltown just over tick over 6,000 in attendance in all all four conditions Uh, the Roosters a hat trick to BMOZ like good wingers do come on yeah, you got there eventually. Um, a double to Teddy. Uh, Tupanua and Fletcher Baker on debut getting a try. Uh, Teddy, two of two conversions. And uh, Takeaho, four of five. The Tigers, their six came through a try to Jacob Little and a conversion to Dewey. Look, uh, I'll let you start this one yeah. off, Glenn. Thanks. Thank you, Nathan. I appreciate it. I said last week the West Tigers can't win. And uh, it turns out I was right. The, uh, the result surprises no one, but it's how it came about that's the most concerning. They um, they just fell apart. You, you literally saw players drop their heads after the second try, and it didn't get any better from there. The, the Leilua Autobahn is, is toll-free and has no speed limit. No one has ever charged a price to travel at breakneck pace down there, and they were fucking woeful. They are... There's nothing I can say about the Leilua brothers. They are fucking atrocities to rugby league. I uh, Luke Brooks was his 150th, 150th game, and he celebrated it by putting two attacking kicks into the advertising hoarding, and they're going to have to replace it. He kicked the fucking things that hard into the signage. He's dented it. Like... Jarrett, Jay, you made a uh, a point the other week about whether the Tigers are giving him any coaching, extra halves coaching, and you make a very valid point. And I don't know whether he's got a specific big-name halves coach, but if he did, does he really need, at this stage, 150 first-grade games, someone telling him not to kick the fucking ball dead or kick it out on the fucking full? Well, obviously, he does. <laughs> but the question is, why? Why does he? <laughs> Explain it to me, boys. I don't understand it. He, if they had to give him a football to run onto the field, he could have kicked it through the fucking tifu, the tifo that they fucking made for him to run through that he couldn't break that summed through. Up, that he had gave up and just ran around the of Luke it. Brooks's career. He's a... Paper mache fucking banner to run through. No, sorry. It's a little bit too strong for me. Does it make it worse 
Does it make it worse, though, <clears throat> that this round should have seen, you know, maybe one kick go dead? Because you're kicking it into yeah, a swamp. If, if there's yeah, ever the a fucking... Gonna... Exactly. Yeah. I remember a game yeah, so... at Campbelltown Stadium many, many years ago when we were watching the Magpies where they almost... There was talk that they were going to call the game off because they'd had that much rain. They actually got uh, a helicopter in to fly low to try and disperse some of the water. He still would have kicked it dead then. People could swing in yeah. laps in the in goal. He'd still kick it dead. He he could have kicked he could have kicked it dead with the downforce of the rotors <laughs> <laughs> forcing it at the same time. Like, it's, it's look, it's an amazing mate. talent to have. It's just unfortunately has no use in the game of rugby league. It's some would say it's counterproductive. Yeah, I just have one um, one more point to make. Oh, it's actually, and apologies if you've got this to, to read out um, as part of the game tweets, but I watched Dane Laurie today and I felt, I felt legit felt bad for the guy because you could just see the look on his face trudging, trudging back in the end goal to be, to be with his, his so-called teammates. And you just know, he's like, what? what? What the fuck am I doing here? What is so from uh, from Greg Bale in the in the Facebook group? Fuck you, got a feel for Dane Laurie. It's like selling a meth addict a car you've had from new. Sure, for the first few months you can still see the love you put into it, keeping it clean and in good nick. But you know, one day you're going to go down to the shops for a pack of darts and see it with pay your tick dog scratched down one side and a handful of needles scattered over the back seat. If anything is summed up the West Tigers signing Dane Laurie better than that, I'd like to see it. Uh, Could not agree more. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's um you gotta wonder. Do I? Maybe is James Tamau the fucking saint that I've always thought he is? Is he on some secret fucking backdoor <laughs> Like it wouldn't be money because the Tigers don't have that. <laughs> um, but, you know, I I don't know. Did he did he get him there? Did he get in there? Oh, fuck, who knows? I just think uh, he's adapted extremely quickly to West Tigers. Does culture. he hate Dane Laurie? <laughs> Why would he get him there? <laughs> what did he ever do to him? <laughs> That's it. Fuck me. <laughs> it just uh... <laughs> again. I want to preface this with you could take the worst first grade rugby league player and they would still run absolute circles around any anyone who just simply watches the game or, or comments on it like we do or, or even mm-hmm. plays it at a social level. so they should. The, 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 the worst of the first graders is still such a fucking step above you know other people in terms of rugby league and, and how they play the game. However... The the old true the old tale of rugby league is a simple game played by simple people. The best teams live that, and the best teams are the best examples of that. E.g., Melbourne. I said it before today. Everyone knows what their job is, and their job is, you know, if that this, if that this. Like I don't know if you remember, but there was a while back where um, Vunivalu was getting run at on Twitter for his defence. Mm-hmm. And he replied, or 
whether he did it on his Instagram or, or straight on Twitter, I don't remember. But he basically replied and gave out his defense training. Yeah. As in, if this happens, I do this. If this happens, I do this. If this happens, I do this. And I did all of those things. So fuck off. Fair. You know? The, the best teams keep things very simple for players and drill it into them because then all they have to do is make good decisions. And when you're making a decision, especially under pressure, if you have three or four pre-programmed outcomes, then it's easier for you to make a right decision than just, this has happened, what do I do? Yep. To me at the moment with the Tigers, there looks to be a lot of, what do I do? Because that leads to, you got one player goes this way, one player goes another way. Like, they, they fucking separated the fucking Leilua Noffa pairing, thinking that'd fucking solve it. It's worse. But, or, you know, well, you know, it's, it's, it's like if you've got two people with herpes that are married to each other, it's like forcing them to get d- divorced <laughs> and thinking herpes will stop. <laughs> it just spreads to more people. For fuck's sake. Um, yeah, and and again, take, taking nothing away from their their opposition. Fuck me, the Morris boys, or or Bmos in in mm. particular. Like what? What just a, an absolute primo example of again? My physical gifts aren't what they used to be, and so now I'm just smart as fuck, and I will just know where I need to be every fucking second of a rugby league game. And I'll just be. He there. might break the try scoring record f- by June. At this rate, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but even talking about his physical, even talking about his physical abilities, now, I mean, that we fucking got put like when when he got put down was it Manu? Uh, he, uh, the Teddy put Manu away, and then Manu passed it immediately without drawing anyone. So he dumped Bemos into shit down the right hand touchline. He's, he's still on the outside of his man, so he gets down the outside. One hand, he's sort of you know fending a guy off, and then he puts that kick in, you know, with his right foot, uh, kicks it back into the center for Teddy to catch it and score. I mean, that kick was like fucking on the run. Getting ushered yeah. over the sideline, right foot and in sorry, stride, oh yeah, I'm, kicking I'm like that, unfucking believable. I'm not saying that he doesn't do amazing. You're basically, like his speed physically. and things like that. Yeah. That's it. The yeah. the sp- the speed, strength, and you know, I I guess you know, want of his fucking tendons to not rupture at every fucking yeah. step, as I'm sure they must be doing now. Mm. Um, it, it's absolutely fucking. Brilliant. But then, like Teddy, the understanding that he has, he has built with Teddy mm. over the last season and a bit. Yeah. He's fucking like Teddy may as well be another fucking honorary B Moz, yeah. uh, another, yeah. another Mozzie. Yeah. I mean, because he's, he, I mean, like, he's he's a team Moz because I mean, some of the things they were doing with no look shit just demonstrated such an understanding of mm. and trust of the person was going to be where I expect that they're going to be. Mm. It was just amazing. And in contrast, the Tigers played like they'd never met each other before today's game. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's it. The unfamiliarity within their ranks was contrasting. So, you know, fucking who knows? Who knows if there's not some fucking secret ceremony that that took place initially and Teddy was there that under a full moon in a fucking robe, like gargling a fucking cup of the mozzers. Brothers and sisters. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, uh, fucking hell. Um, in our Facebook group, Alistair said, who would have thought 
the worst thing Luciano could do for his career was leave the Dragons. <laughs> uh, Stephen said, can't wait till 2034 when the Tigers fans stop blaming Ivan Cleary for their <laughs> roster. Jesus. <laughs> um, Luke Brooks was there Terry. long before <laughs> Ivan Cleary arrived. That's it. Uh, Terry said, who replaces Madge? I'm thinking they will go with Robbie Farah, and it shall be glorious. <laughs> oh, wouldn't it just? Oh, fucking hell. Uh, Isaac said it has taken this long for the commentary team to start acknowledging the Tigers' poor defence on the wings. They spent all last year trying to give Noffa an origin spot. <laughs> Which, yep. I'm not... Oh, I don't know if that's fair. Look, and you know how I feel about media and fucking commentators and the like, but I think all they did was report on Noffa trying to give <laughs> yeah. himself an origin he spot. He did. It was well-deserved. Simply for playing for a long time. <laughs> Uh, Dev said Luke Brooks has played 150 games and his only good game was his debut where he carved up the Dragons. No player in rugby league history has been this mediocre in showing no improvement over such a long career. Hashtag Tigers in decline. Fuck, Fuck that guy. Uh, Jared in the Facebook group said, we have no shape, no direction and keep getting in each other's way. Falling over the try line from an opposition's mistake is the only way we'll score this year. That is absolutely correct. Uh, Butsy888 in the Facebook group said, hashtag decade of decline is in full swing. And uh, again, a new one, at Bobsvagine69 <laughs> said, I'm not usually one to knock back a BJ, but I would if I was in Campbelltown. To dum ting. Well done, sir. <laughs> Honestly, though, like, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to rub it in on you. Fuck off. Let's let's, let's, let's leave it the game. Let's let's leave it at this. It's uh, it, it's games like this. What is it? Where has it go again? Remind me. Remind me, Glenn. It's, it's these <laughs> are the losses you have to have on the way to an undefeated season, Nathan. That's it. <laughs> That's the one. Uh, the Raiders twelve defeat the Sharkies ten at our net strata jubilee. Front crowd of just over three thousand. Uh, the uh, Raiders. Uh, tries to Sebastian, Chris, and Hudson Young. Uh, George Williams, two conversions from two attempts. The Sharkies, 10, came through tries to Will Kennedy and Josh Dugan. And uh, Chad Townsend missed both conversion attempts and uh, one of two penalty goals. Now, I saw Sharkies fans during the Tigers game saying, look, can't really talk much about this game because we're going to get exactly the same treatment next. And I was, and I remember saying to, to one, I said, Look, you're going to lose the game, but you're not going to capitulate. Like you know, you're, you, your team doesn't have that capitulate yeah. gene in them, you know. And they even then they exceeded my expectations by the way they hung in hung in in this game, because um, you know there was a time there where they were out of it. They were down two tries, uh, and but to to get back into it with time on the clock, and then ultimately come home, you know, this probably the stronger of the sides with only goal kicking robbing them of a, a great upset. Was uh was good. I mean, and, and it's, it's kind of just toughness to hang in there. I tell you what, though, this Sebastian Chris for the Raiders, I fucking loving this kid. He's he's one of those he's one of those strange characters. He's got fat, you know, he's got a really fat <laughs> head, 
but he's been <laughs> reminds, reminds like you're much like Jamie Lyon where he looks like he's got he's got this fat head so you think he's gonna be like this fat dude but he's not he's fucking but um but fuck he's good I mean like he was great last week but he was even better this week and you know he's only temporarily in there you know presumably Croker's gonna be back at some point but mm. uh hopefully they can find some space for him that's yeah, it. it's a pretty uh pretty scrappy game to start with um Took twenty minutes for, or twenty minutes or so for to get for a team to get on the board, and I think the, the Sharks' um, completion rate was was fairly atrocious in that first half. But they showed enough; they they were scrappy enough to to keep themselves in the contest, as you mentioned. But I think Canberra, this is one of one of those games. Um, Excuse me. One of those games over, you know, when they get to the end of the season, they'd be glad to have gotten away with against a team that's it's pretty tough and determined, even when they're not um, at their absolute best. Certainly in attack, but they um, the Raiders they'll blow plenty of teams off the park. But it's games like this that they they sort of hang in and tough out in shit conditions to that uh, mm. that can make the difference between you know maybe a top four spot or or even a minor premiership to. To the good sides. Yeah, that's true. True. Uh, comments on this one. Jason in the Facebook group said, there's no discussion that the Chooks have the best back line in the comp. There's not even a close second. Surely the same can be said for the Raiders' middle rotation. What do you say? Do they have it? They're up there, most definitely. I, yeah. I. So, look, you know, obviously... You know, Penrith is far superior, but for the purpose of this discussion, it's pretty good. <laughs> so what you're saying is you actually disagree. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. You're talking shit, sir. You were talking absolute fucking shit. <laughs> so they're not the best. They're good. They're not the best. Um, James Fisher Harris says hello. Who's fucking could take on all of the fucking Canberra front rowers down to sixteens at the same time. Uh, Mitch said Cronulla Sharks are rugby league geniuses purposefully keeping their young star players' value down during a rebuild year. Full salary cap next year and old junk contracts finished. They're shaping up brilliantly. We'll still probably just miss the 8-2. What an elite club. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, Troy said, I know I'm going to cop it, but fuck me, the refing in this game is poor. The Raiders getting away with fucking murder. Hmm... Not sure. I think that's a bit fucking bulldogs of you. Uh, Mitch said, as a Sharks fan, Chad Townsend has hurt me so much, my soul feels raped. How many fucking Mitch Cronulla supporters are there? Too many. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Troy, again. Nope, sorry. Mike said, we have not seen a goal-kicking prodigy in Sharks colours since a young Luke Cavell. Thank fuck Townsend Townsends. <laughs> That's all there is on that one. Okay, that's it then. Uh, that's full time for episode 383. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in a multitude of ways. Just Google Twill Nation Linktree. Your top result there is going to give you a link to our Linktree, which has all the links to the ways you can consume the podcast, all the links to the social media, 
and uh, and the website and much, much more. Um, if you'd like to support the show, make sure you drop us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. And if I could just tell a friend, I love seeing uh, these guys coming into the Facebook group in particular and requesting access to the Facebook group. And then you can see and it's like, you know, oh, two friends in the group or three friends in the group or whatever. So uh, thanks for inviting your, um, your friends in and uh, enjoy yourselves. And welcome to those guys as well. You two um, are my only friends, so well, I don't have anyone else to invite. Oh, that's okay, mate. We're here for you. How shit is my life if you two are my only friends? Fuck. Well, I mean, like, you know, what, you're going to fucking befriend a cow up in Toowoomba? (laughs) (laughs) Cows are delicious. You leave them out of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eat your friends, though. Um, and yeah, and the memberships that still come, I just need the prices for one more thing. So hopefully I get those tomorrow. And as soon as I do it, uh, yeah, I'll get them up there because uh, design wise, everything's ready to go, basically. So uh, it'll be a matter of just punching them out. Um, one of the membership items this year, I will say, um, that we've had the opportunity to get our hands on to get the, the version of it, uh, the quality that we want, they're going to arrive they're going to sort of start production in sort of early to mid April and then we'll get them by the end of April. So that's the, that's the the time frame on when memberships will come in and we'll be able to sort of uh, post them out, but we're going to have a bunch of other stuff on the go as well. So we'll keep you up to date with that and uh, that'll all be finalized as well over the next couple of days, I would hope. Fantastic. And, uh, and that, that includes things like the hoodies. It also includes the next, uh, the next wave of, um, stuff we're doing with the digital memberships and uh, a bunch of extra sort of uh, bits and pieces that we're going to be throwing in there. And uh, that's basically it. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, keep letting us know how you, how you feel about the, the Sunday, Wednesday formats. I'm a, uh, I'm a big fan of it because I feel like we can go as long as we need to on the games and then we've still got time for all the other stuff. We can also talk about shit about the news for as long as we want to as well on the, yes. on the Wednesday one. That's it. And so it basically just means we, uh, we've got all the time to get it off our chest. And uh, let's face it, we wouldn't be doing this for fucking over a decade now in the, into the 12th year if we didn't like to talk like, yeah. and listen to my own voice. And uh, <laughs> stay safe if you're down in the Penrith area. Well, all, yeah, all the areas that are already fucking well and truly under... Mm. Oh, like, fuck uh, everyone. The Hastings, the Hastings River. And uh, shout out shout out to all my family who don't listen to the podcast in uh, Cundletown, Tari, Cundle Cundle, Port, out there at Lake Cateye. Yeah, no, fuck all those places. Penrith, be and, safe. Uh, and, I uh, stand Penrith, by my original point. And Penrith, just grab onto a fucking cable ski and fucking ride <laughs> it out, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> and people in people Wednesday. in Campbelltown stay uh, stay safe from errant Luke Brooks kicks. <laughs> Those fucking white water enthusiasts, <laughs> down the Panthers, they're out there. Well, that's a, that's the thing. They're my just, time they, shine. They're, 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 they're grabbing, they're grabbing like a cable ski thing for safety, and then all of a sudden they just get knocked off by this fucking ball that's beating around. <laughs> oh, there's Luke Brooks. <laughs> How good is that? Can you imagine your poor child screaming down the fucking torrented floodway? <laughs> the only thing that can save it is David Nofaluma putting his body in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> fucking R.I.P. Billy. You like, you BJ just wave at them as they go past as well, like he did today. <laughs> BJ turns around and blames a dying child on Michael Ennis. Okay, I've had enough of you cunts now. Goodbye. Righto. See you All Wednesday. Right. See you Later. Wednesday.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.